Well, good morning, my friends. This is uh, for Friday, January 8th. We are closing in on 200 podcasts. I'm excited about that. Um, this is number 196. So who'd have thunk it, huh? Um, just thankful to uh, you guys for listening, whoever you are. And I pray that these are being a blessing to you. If they ever stop being, just stop listening. Or uh, send me uh, a message and say, hey, pick up your game, Gary. So uh, I'll do the best I can. Anyway, it's Friday and it's January 8th. And uh, uh, grab your Bibles and grab your books if you have your John Piper book. And um, we're going to look at number seven, reason why Jesus came, suffered and died. And this one is to cancel the legal demands of the law against us. Go back to Isaiah 53, our proof text. And we're going to look at verse uh, verse 5. Uh, It says, but he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. Um, And then turn to the New Testament. Go all the way back to the book of Colossians. And uh, we're going to look at Colossians chapter 2. Colossians is just such a fabulous book. There's so much good stuff in Colossians. and it really stands alone, as far as I'm concerned, in many from many of the smaller books, the, the, the prison epistles. But in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13, Colossians 2 and verse uh, 13, let me find it. If you could see my Bible, you would know why I struggle sometimes. It is so marked up, but that's, that's here nor there. Colossians 2, 13, when you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us of all of our sins. Uh, the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, the Jew, Jewish men, as we know, were circumcised on the eighth day. Um, that brought them into the covenant uh, that God started with Abraham, but he says here, the your heart, your soul is uncircumcised. So God is trying to bring them into a relationship. And again, this relationship with God is not based on anything we've done. It's based on what Jesus does. Let's read here what uh, Mr. Piper has to say. What a folly it is to think that our good deeds may one day outweigh our bad deeds. It is the folly for two reasons. Now, this has gone through churches for ages and the church world for the age of what comes first, uh, the works of God or the grace of God and what's most important, the works and the grace. And I've always been a grace guy. I've always come down on what God has done for us. And because of what God has done for us, then we go about uh, um, doing the things that we want to do now because we're, we're in a relationship with God. But it doesn't draw us nearer to God, and it doesn't save us. Our works don't save us. Uh, and he says this, this it's a folly for two reasons. First, it's not true. Even our good deeds are defective because we don't honor God in the way we do them. Doing good things or being a good person, those are always good things. But good compared to what? We see, we can never align ourselves with the goodness or the righteousness of God, and that's the example. He set the bar very high, and we'll never meet that. So we may be better than our neighbor, or we may be better than Hitler. We may be doing really good things, but we're really only really truly doing what God says is good things um, when we come to a relationship with Jesus Christ, and then those things flow out of our desire 
um, uh, our desire to to do the things that uh, that make a difference, and we do it with a different heart because we do it from the heart of Christ. Um, do we do our good deeds and joyful dependence on God with a view to making His Him known and Him His supreme worth known? That's what we do. Uh, we do good works. The Bible says so. They'll glorify. They'll see our God and glorify our God. Not because they'll say, "Wow, Gary, you're great. You're great. You're great." No, I'm not. I'm not even good let alone great. And even if I do great works that I look at great works and people say they're great works, what is my motivation behind them? Do we fulfill the overarching command, overarching command to serve people? By the strength that God supplies in order that in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. You can look this up later, First Peter chapter 4 and verse 11. Our goal is not to make ourselves known. Our goal is to make him known. Um, I think we shall say nothing when it comes to our defense. Whatever the law says, it speaks so that every mouth may be stopped. Romans chapter 3 and verse 19. The law speaks. The law aligns um, what is supposed to be done. But when Christ comes, um, the law um, is, is set aside in the sense that we're not judged any longer by it. What we're judged by is the fact that have we given our life to Jesus Christ? And then everything begins to flow out of that. Our lives need to be hidden in him. And the reasons that we do the things that we do need to be to glorify him and to bring glory to his name, to make him known. We will say nothing. It is folly to think that our good deeds will outweigh our bad deeds before God, as if we're the ones holding some kind of scales going, you know, I had a good day because I did more good than bad. No, no, no. We're not the judge of what is good. So therefore, how can we know when the scales tip in our favor? They do not tip in our favor. Um, the second reason it is folly to hope in good works or good deeds is that this is not the way God saves if we're saved from the consequences of our bad deeds, it will not be because they weighed less than our good deeds. It will be because the record of our debt in heaven has been nailed to the cross of Christ. I don't sleep on my pillow at night after making an account of what I did that day and say, you know what, I'm going to sleep well tonight because I did a lot of good. No, I only sleep well because I know that my life is hidden in Christ because of the price he paid. God has a totally different way of saving sinners than by weighing their deeds. There is no hope in our deeds. There is only hope in the suffering and the death of Christ and in the resurrection of that same Christ. There is no salvation by balancing the records. There is only salvation by canceled records. There is no salvation by records or balancing the records. There's only salvation when he cancels the record. The record of our bad deeds, including our defective good deeds, along with the just penalties that each deserves, must be blotted out, not balanced. And this is what Christ suffered when he died and he accomplished this on the cross. And that's why we look to Colossians chapter 2 and 13. Let me read it one more time to you. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your sinful nature, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us our sins. He makes us alive. Our deeds don't make us alive. He forgives our sin. He cleanses us from our sin and all unrighteousness. How does he do that? He did that by paying this 
tre uh, tremendous price of, of his life on the cross. Let's look at Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 4. Um, this is another familiar portion of scripture that I read often. It says, but when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights of sons. He wants to take us from servants to sons. I'm okay with that, aren't you? I'm okay with that. He wants us to be his children. Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. God, if you look in that, God did it all. We didn't make ourselves heirs. All we could be is servants. We didn't make ourselves sons. All we could be is slaves. All that we could do wouldn't be enough to balance or to offset the bad that we've done by some good things we've done because even the good deeds, as Piper said, are flawed because they're done to gain something. We need to submit our life to Jesus Christ and allow him to cancel the legal demands of the law against us. Let me pray for us in Numbers chapter 6, verse 24. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. God bless you until we talk again.